You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Welcome Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, March 12th, 2021, during our 26th year on the air, and my voice almost back. You can tell. I'm still going through a little puberty. See, like that, once in a while. But I am Dave Graveline, in spite of what you may think you hear. And I am the more manly... What? Voiced Chris Graveline. What? The more manly voice. Manly voice. I, I don't know. I see. You have more dulcet tones yes. currently. Yeah. Because normally I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. And of course, Horatio in New York City, Rosmo working out of his home in South Beach with the show, Kim in Coconut Creek, Nosami in Hialeah Gardens, Beth in Naples, and Julio in the control room. I don't know how that happened. Who let him in? I don't know, but we need to fire security. Apparently, they're not doing their job. But glad to have you with us, and thanks for tuning into tomorrow. Thank you, especially when you call in and participate. Yes, of course, we get to some emails and text messages, because now you can actually send a text to our 800 number, thanks to Text Me Anywhere. But if you do, name and city and how you hear us, or we just won't use it. How about them apples? Okay. So name and city and how you hear us if you text to 800-899-INTO. And we'll try to get you on the next show. However, while we do texts and emails and try to address your questions and concerns and digital dilemmas, we much prefer to hear you. And how do we best do that? With the free Into Tomorrow app. Oh, that's the best way. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't charge you for it. It's free. It, it doesn't cost you, and we don't charge you for it. Yeah. You know, when you slammed the door earlier, you messed up one of my TV lights for when we do Zoom interviews. I just want to point that out. I see it over your head now. Uh, well, I'll get the team on that. Okay, good. Then. Um, the, <laughs> see, we don't mind. It's all behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, but when you use the app, you sound like you're right here with us, sitting on Julio's lap. Yeah, there's a little button in there, message to studio. It'll allow you to record a message, email it right to us. And as you said, it sounds like you're sitting right here. Yep. And it automatically prompts you for your first name and city and how you hear us. So that makes it even gooder. Or you can call the Ask Dave hotline 24-7-365-800-899-4686, 800-899-INTO. Are you sure? I am sure. All right. Some tech news and commentary. And we got Kent in Texas standing by with a question. This week, Honest Paws, which is a company that does CBD oil and treats for pets, released a study that showcased how having a dog in your online dating profile increases your attractiveness to other users. With the attractive, your attractiveness or the dog's attractiveness? Well, having the dog in your picture increases your attractiveness. Oh. Um, it turns well. out that 63% of singles said they're more likely to swipe right on someone who has a dog in their dating profile. Ah. 
they also said 70% of singles believe having a dog in their dating profile helps them get more matches on dating apps. Now, some other interesting findings. Almost five out of 10 dog owners said they would break up with someone if their dog didn't like them. Oh, well, I, I think that's kind of a given, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if you go visit someone and their dog just growls at you all evening, chances are that you're not going to get along with that person. Your dog may know something about that person and want you to avoid him or her. That's true. Ah. Um, another interesting finding, uh, 55% of dog owners would rather quarantine with their dog than their significant other. Okay, now that's sad. <laughs> I mean, even, you know, for dog owners, come on, really? You don't want to quarantine with your significant other? Although the dog usually doesn't talk back or argue with you. Hmm. The survey found that the top five dating apps to meet other dog lovers in order were Tinder, Match, Bumble, eHarmony, and Farmers Only. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which which pets you're going to be. um, With Farmers Only. Yeah, Yeah, that might be a pig or a horse or something. Didn't have to be a dog. Right. But otherwise, and it's not cats either, right? It's only right. This is, this, talking about dogs. This one was a, was a study on dogs. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. But I guess if you have a cute puppy in your dating profile, then it's like, oh, you know, there's a, a chance. But if you have Major, who was, you know, d- taken away from the White House for eating a security person, then... <laughs> You've heard about that, of course. Yes. Yeah. Major's minor um, incident. Ma- yeah. Major's minor incident at the White House where it made him get sent back to uh, yeah. to Delaware. But anyway, um, but I digest. Interesting, though, I think. Yeah. Oh, Apple finally trying to reduce its reliance on China. Reports indicate that Apple will begin manufacturing iPhones in India soon. While it's only, quote, up to 10% of capacity, unquote, that will be moved from China, it's a good start. Citing sources in the know, Business Standard reports that Foxconn will begin production in Tamil Nadu, India. And, of course, regardless of where your iPhone is built, it still won't come with a charger in the box. So don't think, oh, I want the one from China because maybe I'll get a charger. No, you're not going to get a charger anyway. Yeah. We opened we opened another smartwatch that came in for us to review the other day. Also, no plug. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, nothing's coming with these uh, cubes anymore because they say, well, you get them with everything, so everybody has a drawer full of them. But what happens when we no longer have a drawer full of them? Yeah. <laughs> or you've gone to something maybe USB-C, something different, and you don't have a drawer full of them. And then what do you do? Well, you have to go buy one. Yeah. And speaking of Apple, according to a report from Nikkei Asia, Apple is cutting production of the iPhone 12 mini in the first half of this year. Uh, Planned production of the smallest iPhone 12 model has reportedly been reduced by 70% or more, making up a majority of a 20% cut in total iPhone 12 production. Some suppliers have been asked to temporarily stop producing iPhone 12 mini-specific components, while other parts are being reallocated to the Pro and Pro Max. The report is the latest indication that Apple's miniature addition to its flagship smartphone hasn't lived up to expectations. Last month, Reuters reported that sales of the 12 mini had made up just 5% of Apple's smartphone sales. Interesting. Well, we follow these things anyway, but obviously if a company's not doing as good as they thought they should, they need to drop something like that. And at the same time, Samsung is coming out allegedly with their um, uh, unboxed or unveiled or some goofy event (laughs) on St. Patrick's Day, I believe it is, where they're going to introduce another mid-range galaxy of some sort, as if they don't have enough of those out already. Kind of bizarre. 
McDonald's, one of the pioneers of modern fast food, has decided to try going a step further. Somewhere in a Chicago suburb, an AI is currently taking drive-through orders. <laughs> oh, the, what could possibly go yeah, wrong? Exactly. Uh, the voice itself is described as female, similar to Alexa or Siri. It's connected to a digital menu board and can even suggest food if you're unsure about what to order. Um, now, they're saying it can be a little bit unsettling to hear a robotic voice greet you inside the, the voice of a human employee, but it might be something to get used to if McDonald's decides to roll this out to all locations. Now, the idea is that the AI will take care of orders and allow human employees to focus on, um, I say this with air quotes, accuracy and quality of the food items. Oh, yeah. Because those are both things that McDonald's needs a lot of help in. Right. These high school kids do such a good job of that already. Yeah. That's why they're replacing them with kiosks. Right. Now, if we were a political show, I would say this is what happens because, you know, an AI won't want $15 an hour. But this is not a political show, no, so, so I'm not going to say that. We won't say that. Right. I had somebody send me a, a note the other day that they used to listen all the time, and they don't want politics with their tech. So they don't listen anymore. Yet he heard me say something that week. So I don't know how he doesn't listen anymore if he heard me say that. But, oh, well. I wonder if the AI would say, do you want fries with that? Ooh, maybe. See, that should be a, a, a key thing, don't you think? Yeah. But see, that was your last holdout for when you finally have to you know, close up the show because you said that whenever you fully retire, because you can never really retire, you'd have to get another job with a microphone. So you'd be working a drive through somewhere. Well, <laughs> you're being replaced already with AI. I know. I'm surprised you haven't replaced me with AI. After 26 years, I probably have said everything, every word that I ever needed to say and that you could just replace me and edit the heck out of me yeah, forever we've tried but even you know your voice over the last 25 years has changed yeah well like now two months worth of swollen vocal cords and laryngitis see i'm not going to retire i'm just going to have terminal laryngitis god forbid this is not good and it doesn't feel good either but you're sounding better but what you're saying though is now i can't even be a walmart greeter because i'd have well, to they, say hello yeah, well, or here hola yeah. um well walmart got rid of their greeters you know years ago they don't have them anymore altogether yeah. See, I don't ever go there anymore to Wally World, so I, they got rid of the greeters? Yeah, they haven't had greeters in years. Well, I thought that was going to be my retirement job. Oh, that's, I always figured you'd end up at a drive through somewhere. So set up a GoFundMe page <laughs> for, for Dave's terminal laryngitis account. Yeah, good luck with that. Apple's teaming up with Common Sense Media to help parents find kid-friendly podcasts. From its vast library of shows, from a new website at apple.co slash shows for kids, which launches Apple Podcasts, where, by the way, you can also get into tomorrow, for example. The kids' podcasts are categorized by age group as well as by theme. At launch, the collection features creators like Tinkercast, Gen Z Media, Tumble, Highlights, remember Highlights for Kids, mm-hmm. Rebel Girls, and Nickelodeon, among others. Uh-oh, they don't have rebel guys? Oh, oh. boy, there's going to be a problem. I can see they're not woke enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I love common sense media. It's something that I use as you know, as a, the father of a, an eight-year-old, or sorry, an eight-and-three-quarter-year-old, because apparently the three-quarters is important. Yes, and he um, will tell you since he'll be nine in, gee, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, so I guess it's more than eight-and-three-quarters. April 7th, he's going to be nine. <laughs> but, but I use that website a lot, especially when he brings up shows and movies that he wants to watch. I will often go to the common sense media website, see their reviews, because they have not only the, the, their people who review them, but they have parents that review it. They have kids review it. They, they tell you what the parents suggest the kid's age should be before watching this particular oh, show and, and then what the kids say and of course the kids what, what kids say is always younger than what the parents say but, of course yeah so but and the that, kids are probably okay with most everything yeah 
But the parents are not so okay, depending on age group, and that's a good idea. So yeah. you do you go I, to their site a lot. They do it. They do good. it for for movies and TV shows, video games, books. It's it's a great site for songs. Parents. I'm not sure about songs. Oh, no. because they should. Although I I am so proud of young Cameron because he will ask Alexa for to play a song, and he will always say clean version or radio edit because he does not want to hear bad words. And I'm very proud of him for that because he's always on the alert to make sure that he's not hearing something he shouldn't. Yeah, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was putting some clothes away in his room, and he's in his bathroom taking a shower, and he brought his uh, his Echo in there with him so he could listen to music. He has an Echo, of course. Yeah, and, and it's got a battery base, so he can pick it up and take it with him. So, you know, he's in there, you know, Alexa, play so-and-so. He, I'm sorry, I can't play that due to uh, explicit filters. And I just heard him, ah, dang it! <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> At least he said, dang it. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, sometimes this Cameron can say the cutest things. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. But I'm so proud of him for that. And we hope he does it also when we're not around, because he said he does. But, you know, he he always does it when we're there. Or if we're in the car and he asks if he can ask for a song or something. But he always asks for the clean version or the radio edit. Knowing that, although radio edits these days are getting away with a lot yeah. more than they used to, so, but you know, but I'm glad I overheard that with Alexa because I had forgotten that I put those filters on on his Echo device, and I'm glad that, yes. to see that I actually did. Well, because it, it apparently was a song he thought he wanted to hear. Maybe he didn't know it would be playing a non-clean version or something. But when he has played something that said a bad word, at least around me, he stopped it immediately. You know, he, oh, stop. And then he'll either ask for the clean version or go on to some other song, which, again, proud of him for that. But good to know that Common Sense Media does what it does, and even better to know that Apple is now teaming up with them for kids' podcasts. So there you go. I hope they'll have Into Tomorrow in the kids' podcasts, because we're kid-friendly, are we not? Most of the time. I mean, we let Julio hang around. We're kid-friendly. That's got to work, I'm sure, for something. And, of course, a reminder, we're coming to you from the Dexcom G6 Studios. Know before you go high or low with customizable alerts and alarms. Visit Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Kent in Chandler, Texas, listens to us on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Kent. I recently got a notice that my battery on my Dell Latitude laptop is nearing the end of its useful life. I wonder if this is a part that I can purchase and easily replace myself. The older batteries were just clip-in, but this new one is only installed by taking out some screws, and I'm not very confident in my ability to get inside my laptop. If I have to take the laptop apart at all, I'm not interested in that. So I'd like to know how difficult it is to replace the battery in that. Well, Kent, I don't blame you, because when you take something apart, especially electronics, and then you put it all back together and you've got spare parts left over, never a good sign. And then especially if it doesn't work right. But it really depends on your specific model. The Latitude line is pretty big, but on modern laptops, it will definitely take a little bit more work than with the old clip-in models, as you mentioned. If there isn't a specific compartment for the battery that you can access from the outside, then Dell probably considers it not user-replaceable. But don't let that dissuade you if you want to hang on to your laptop for a while longer. That mostly means they're not going to make it easy for you. 
You know, normally replacing a battery involves removing the whole bottom plate of the laptop. Now, when you do that, you need to be careful because some manufacturers stick cables to it to keep them from moving around. You can usually peel them off easily. Just don't pull as soon as you open it up until you know that you won't be pulling anything off. Yeah, oops. Yeah, now from there, things will vary depending on the model. Batteries are large, so they're usually easily accessible. But laptop components are pretty packed in there, so sometimes their connectors are buried under some other part. Oh, great. Now, if you're going to attempt this, look for step-by-step guides online with pictures ifixit.com is a good place to start. Those will show you both what to expect and how to reverse what you did if you have to. Uh, Keep some tray, of course, very handy for screws. There tend to be quite a few in different sizes. Lastly, be very gentle with everything you remove. You don't want to crack a small piece of plastic and have a loose connector to deal with after you put the laptop back together. Yeah, and and always be careful when you do this. I I replaced this last week and replaced the battery inside my Samsung Gear smartwatch, and I was very successful with that. A few years ago, I tried replacing the battery myself in an iPad, and I was very unsuccessful and never used the iPad again. Yeah. So if you're worried about it, you can also look into places like You Break iFix. There's a lot of companies that will do that, too. You just take it in there, and most of them will give you a, a free price before they do it so you can tell how much it's going to be. Um, but you know, battery swap, if you decide to do it yourself, is probably not going to be too hard. Just try to find a guide for your specific latitude model before you start, but don't think that you won't be able to do it just because they're not clip-on anymore. Yeah. So, Kent, do let us know. I, I don't blame you for not wanting to dive into it, literally, but maybe Chris's input about take it to one of these you fix it places and just ask hey what would you charge me to replace the battery and you know ask them if they have it in stock or how long would it take to get or should you order it you know that sort of thing at least you'll have a a better idea and hopefully feel more comfortable into tomorrow.com where we'll have all of our show notes as well this being the show for the weekend of march 12th 2021 back in a minute take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills just pour them in and hero does the rest so easy to use and saves me so much time i never miss a dose i'm never late for a dose anymore and that is so critical to me what i like best about my hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use and i don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget did i take that pill or not because it reminds me it alerts and dispenses with the push of a button plus hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver hero is amazing but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their hero from the convenience of your phone i feel better than i have ever felt simply because i have this device try hero risk-free for 30 days if you don't love it you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. Starting your own podcast is easy. Just go to Blueberry.com and get your free trial. That's Blueberry without the E's. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Ah, yes. Very cool. They said the E's were more expensive, so they just didn't use the E's. When you call and participate on the program, you win fabulous prizes when we get to hear you. And no promises, no guarantees, but... 
Check it out. Listen up and tell us when you call in what of the following items you would most prefer. You can mention a couple of them, and we'll do our best to try to get one or more to you so that we know you're getting something of use. For example, Alarm sent a Fitbit Versa 3 to use with their Alarm system so that you know you're sick before you know you're sick. Oh, that can be very handy, especially these days. How about from LFO, infrared e-therm ear and forehead thermometers? These are good for use with babies, infants. Isn't that the same? Babies and infants? Yeah. Uh, and adults. From Benji Lock, we've got a fingerprint bike lock, so you can secure your bike with just a finger. That's very handy. And we're going to have Robbie, who's the uh, CEO of Benji Lock, on the show in an upcoming interview. They've got a lot of cool stuff, and it's all about fingerprint locks. And rumor has it we've even got some fingerprint uh, padlocks coming to share with our listeners as well. Okay, so stay tuned. You might win one of those. From Pet Peanut, it's a fun new way to manage your tech rage. We've, and you trust me, you want a pet peanut. From Jabra, we've got Elite Active 75T True Wireless Earbuds in several different colors. And I'm sorry to remind you, but it's tax time. We've got TurboTax online codes. Good for any of their products to help you file your income tax fast and easily and include state returns. So be sure to ask for a TurboTax code. Intotomorrow.com. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499-800-683-9499-800-683-9499. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, our 25th year on the air covering the latest in consumer tech. Gadgets and gizmos, products and services, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. Delighted that you've tuned in. And of course, anytime we can answer any consumer tech related question for you, you don't have to wait till you hear the next broadcast or stream or podcast or whatever. You can call 24 7, and that's 800 899 into 800 899 4686 anytime. Even better, we love it when you use the free Into Tomorrow app and participate that way because you sound like you're right here with us in the studio. Our next guest is with a global route optimization software technology company. Boy, that's a mouthful right there. But he's the co-founder and VP of operations for a company called Route For Me. And he is George Shigalev. George, welcome Into Tomorrow. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. How are you doing? 
Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, tell me about the company route for me, and then let's get into how you do what you do helps us as consumers. Absolutely. Um, route for me is a cloud-based uh, solution that empowers small businesses to compete better in the last mile. What does that translate to the consumer? It translates to the consumer that when you're getting packages or service or virtually anyone who comes to you, they can do it more efficiently and more transparently. Because <clears throat> as the world is, is changing over the last, you know, five years and now post-COVID even more, um, people expect people to come to them. They don't want go-to-business. They want business to come to them. So our platform empowers businesses to uh, do it in the most efficient way so they don't have to buy more trucks. They don't have to get more people on the road can do it more efficiently and more importantly, more transparently. So the consumer knows exactly when the person is coming, where they are on the road, what time they're going to be there and get a confirmation of, of completion of service or delivery and so on. So do you basically compete then with the likes of FedEx and UPS and for that matter, Prime and that kind of thing? I mean, I'm trying to get a, a picture as to what it is that you do or does Route for Me pretty much work with the individual businesses that have a fleet of trucks that are out delivering things? Correct. We do not compete with FedEx, UPS, Amazon by, by any means. We are a software solution that empowers uh, small businesses as well as enterprise to be uh, to, with a software piece to, to make them more efficient and um, more transparent to the consumer. Gotcha. So basically what's happening then is, I guess, uh, in the morning, somebody can load a truck and then your software will then start uh, the route situation where uh, it shows uh, the boy, we're having a huge uh, thunderstorm here in Miami. Tis the season. So uh, if you see a glitch or hear the thunder, you'll know why. In spite of a soundproof studio, uh, not so soundproof when it comes to uh, Mother Nature. Uh, but <laughs> then your software would then, I'm assuming, take all the addresses and and show the best routes because they perhaps have very many multiple deliveries. And rather than be uh, what I used to call an old star salesman, you know, go here and then here and then here and then back here again, you know, which is not only wasting time and, and fuel and everything else, um, but now we'll route them to start at one point and take care of all the deliveries. Is that basically what you do? That's, that's more or less correct. I mean, look, uh, businesses... A lot of times you may have five drivers, 10 drivers, or maybe even 100 drivers. Yeah. You need to figure out which set of customers or packages the person's going to be taking onto the truck and in what sequence they're going to be delivering. Our system can automatically do it in just a few seconds and tell uh, the driver or the company which truck is going to take what package and in what sequence they're going to deliver it. And furthermore, communicate it to the end consumer when they can expect a delivery. And furthermore, we take into consideration many business rules, such as uh, priority, for example, highly perishable item, a specific time window when, when it needs to be delivered by. Mm -hmm. So if the consumer is expecting it by 11 o'clock and they paid a premium for it, um, our system will take that into consideration, um, take into consideration traffic, weather, uh, where you, um, you know, <laughs> when you're delivering in a, in a rainy condition, yeah. your performance generally drops. So we take a lot of these business rules and real world conditions into consideration 
when we're planning rounds. Boy, it does sound like there are several big challenges to logistics. It's not just the routing, as you mentioned. It could even be weather. And if you can take that into consideration, then you're routing drivers around anticipated thunderstorms or or whatever the case, uh, or if they have perishable items, as you say, and there might be a, right. a very short delivery window, you've got to know that and get them there first. Right, right. Exactly. And, and, and there's a lot of um, conditions that, you know, as... as Many people have said a lot of times you, people have been operating on territory-based routing, which has been, more, you know, very popular over the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years now. But the difference is, is that in this day and age, you can't predict density of stops in a specific area for, for any day. For example, northern part of New Jersey could be super busy today, but tomorrow we could be 70% busy. Hmm because the consumers just didn't order as much. But South Jersey is trending for whatever reason. So the thing is, doing the whole territory routing, and then you have to start flexing, and then you have to start doing many different things that are going to be shifting drivers and packages between drivers. Our system does all of that automatically and simplifies not just being in the field, but also the route planning process, because it's a very um, complicated process. And most um, you know, large organizations, they have many people that are doing this. Um, for small businesses, it was not realistic to do it. So when we started the company um, at this point um, 11 years ago, we tried to find a solution that would be suitable for a small business owner, for example. Um, and there was just nothing out there. There were companies that wanted to charge a quarter of a million dollars, which was not realistic for a small business owner to, to purchase. So we released a self-service, easy-to-use platform that empowers small businesses to compete and as well as giving larger organizations access to the same tools so they can be um, not dependent on the internal tools or whatever it is that they do and to use our platform that is empowered by hundreds of thousands of drivers every day um, in the field. And and at the risk of, of giving up uh, your secret sauce, you know, I'm wondering how is it that your software can take all these things into consideration? I mean, it's one thing to maybe connect it to a weather site uh, for your area or these ter- these territories or something like that. Uh, but you brought up a lot of challenges that uh, obviously your customers have to deal with. How is it that you're able to combine all of that? You know, whether North Jersey is busy today versus South Jersey, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... Uh, the way we the way we look at it is when we started the company, there were several companies that provided the service, and we could have licensed their technology, but we realized that a lot of those companies had shortcomings, so we developed our own. We built our own routing engine, um, which we have PhDs that are subject matter experts in a specific field, um, tenured at universities that work for us. Uh, these people are, you know, brilliant. You know, teachers as well as the subject matter experts and they help us build the platform um you know the routing engine part of it Mm. take into consideration all the data such as traffic weather well there's many platforms that we you can purchase uh current weather and you can purchase the the predictive weather uh modeling and then you can take that all into consideration and then you can adjust the service time how long you're going to be actually visiting a location uh versus also traveling traveling is you know, if you're in New York, which I am, traffic uh, 
<laughs> it's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, um, lately maybe it's a, it's a little more predictable with fewer people in the city. But, uh, you know, when we're out of the pandemic and we're back to whatever normal correct. is, uh, you've got to be working on those things, which kind of brings me to another point. Uh, how vital has route optimization been during the pandemic? I mean, are there different things that you've had to deal with? It's, it's been critical since, you know, when the whole pandemic was starting, I, I was very surprised this was happening. I mean, all of us were surprised. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was, was going to have impact on our business. At first, you know, we had to be conservative. We planned for the worst. But we spiked because thousands more deliveries were happening every hour. We have hundreds of businesses coming to us every week purchasing, uh, asking us to teach them how to do deliveries. And we had to do webinars uh, helping small businesses as to, you know, this is how you take the order. This is when you do a cutoff for the order. You can't be receiving orders at 9 o'clock in the morning when you're supposed to start delivering. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to complete the routes. So there's, you know, a lot of businesses, it, the, the way I see it, COVID is a catalyst. It uh, it, it increased the velocity uh, when some businesses jumped into delivery or increased their delivery presence. Um, when you have, you know, one truck, or one delivery guy and you have 20 packages you need to deliver, you probably can just use our mobile app or, you know, just kind of just trust the driver and make the decision. But once you start to grow and you're getting to, you know, 60, 100 deliveries, and then you're getting into 250, you have multiple drivers. That's where the nuances and and um, it gets it becomes difficult to make those decisions efficiently. And the thing is, most of our customers that come to us, they say between 20 to 30% in a delivery cost. So our software does not actually cost anything to them because it pays itself off in just several days. Gotcha. Well, where do you see the whole uh, delivery uh, optimization logistics world headed into tomorrow, if you will? What, what, can you predict where we're going, uh, notwithstanding pandemic and, and back to normal? <laughs> uh, obviously, you've got a, a good business plan going, but where do you see this whole logistics business happening into tomorrow? Of course. Look, I think the last mile is going to become bigger and bigger over the next five to ten years. I think we're going to get more consumers become more comfortable. They become comfortable shopping online yeah. from groceries to medicine and so on. Because, look, I, I did not shop for groceries before COVID online. I just went into the supermarket. I got my stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the same way, because why would you? I mean, a lot of people did right. because it was convenient. I didn't want to pay the extra charges and have to wait for it. If, if I right. want something, you go get it. It hasn't been that easy. So good point right. that more and more people perhaps are going to continue to do the online right. shopping and have deliveries uh, after right. things get back to normal. Right. Is it perfect? It's not, but it's getting better. And I, at this point, even right now, I, I feel a lot more comfortable going outside and shopping by, by all means. But I still order groceries online because I just gotten accustomed to it and used to it. And I think that the market's going to shift to that more and more. My parents shifted to that. Um, medicine now comes uh, via delivery. So it's it's been very uh, – the, the market is shifting towards delivery. I think that small businesses need to be more conscious that even though COVID mm, – you know, may not be as affecting their businesses as much today because, you know, countries hopefully recovering and uh, economically and so on. But it doesn't mean that the shift is not there. Yeah. The shift is there. People want more delivery. People want businesses to come to them. And that trend is not going to stop. And that's when you look at Amazon. They're spending billions of dollars into improving their supply chain, putting more warehouses and competing with small businesses that are present in the area. So small yeah. businesses already have a place in 
in town, they don't need to build anything. They can just use that hub to deliver to all their customers. That's they don't true. have to wait for the customers to come to them. They just go to them. So there's definite opportunity there uh, for small businesses to to take charge now and, and take a good chunk of the uh, you know the market. Terrific. Route the number four me dot com is where you want to go. Route for me for route planning for your small business or even a large business. And George, we thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Of course, we'll get everybody there if they stop by into tomorrow.com as well. And continued good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Very much, guys. It's, it's our pleasure. Again, route for me, the number four, me.com. Visit intotomorrow.com and we'll get you there. A mouse click away from George's site. You'll see what he and his team are up to. Meantime, I'm Dave Graveline bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Yeah, that would be us. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. I shall do that. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. We didn't even get Julio contributing to the history reverb. History, history, history. What what are you, uh, sleeping on the job in there? Can I go now? Your your turn. Now, that's all history. This week in 1931, Schick Dry Shaver Incorporated, I was very careful about how I said that, um, displayed the first electric shaver in Stamford, Connecticut. This early electric razor did not meet widespread acceptance. No soup for you. In 1958, this week, the U.S. Navy launched the Vanguard 1 satellite. It was the first solar-powered satellite and was used to measure the shape of Earth. And there's still some people that are debating the shape of Earth. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. Although communication with the satellite was lost in 1964, it remains the oldest man-made object still in orbit, together with the upper stage of its launch vehicle. All systems are functioning within normal parameters. In 1985 this week, IBM announced that it was planning to stop making the PC Junior consumer-oriented computer. Nerd alert! The machine had been expected to dominate the home computer market, but didn't quite live up to those expectations. In 1994, Apple Computer introduced the Power Macintosh. The machine featured a 60 megahertz power PC, 60 megahertz processor, 8 or 16 megabytes of RAM, and a 250 megabyte hard drive. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, that was good back in 1994. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and this week in 2008, Airbus's A380, the world's biggest passenger plane, touched down in London on its first commercial flight to Europe. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer electronics and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. And if all goes well and the European Union lets us in and our country lets us back in, we will be there in person again this year in September in Berlin. So if you want to plan your vacation around September and come see this awesome show, because unlike CES, the Chinese electronic show, IFA is open to the public. 
So you can come and see this European version, if you will, of CES, which we'll be doing in November. I mean, no, September. September. Yeah. And if you're there, come and say hi. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll say hi to you. <laughs> there you go. Well, we will at least do that. Yeah. Well, you know, we usually offer our guests a beer, but you know, I can't tell you that we'll offer you a beer because you know. Well, you could. We could if you're legal, which yeah. in Germany is 16. Exactly. So there you go. Coming up, Greg in Tennessee and others as Into Tomorrow continues. Stay tuned and let's meet at intotomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Delighted to have you tuned into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys.com, providing a 24-7 stream of Into Tomorrow on our website at intotomorrow.com. Greg in Manchester, Tennessee, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcasts now provided by Blueberry. Hey, Greg. Hey, Dave. And, um, son, I've got the uh, tip how to save on your Internet there. Instead of 80 bucks a month, uh, you can T-Mobile has a separate device that's unlimited uh, Wi-Fi and it's high-speed Wi-Fi download. If you get the signal at your house through their their device, they send you they send you a big tower. It's fifty bucks a month if you use auto pay, or fifty five if you don't use auto pay, and that's tax and everything. But I wanted to give y'all a separate option to get out of the Comcast on the Wi-Fi because it has high speed and it's available in my area. I'm not using it yet, but uh, but you might it might work down where you're in down there in Miami too because it's a nationwide service. Anyway, that's why I wanted to spread some joy to somebody that's having the same issues needing Wi-Fi and don't want to get paid a lot of money. Well, thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. You can remember we're in Miami, but you don't remember, and the sun is Chris. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even even though you couldn't remember my name, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, For sure. the, the input, Greg. Uh, however, there's a couple of issues with that. One, it's not available in my area. Oh, of course not. Um, You're still stuck with Comcast. Stuck. And two, even if it was, my T-Mobile signal strength at my house is probably worse than my Comcast. <laughs> No, that's not possible. Because I rely on my Wi-Fi connection a lot when uh, when T-Mobile to make my, even my phone calls over Wi-Fi because my T-Mobile stinks as well. Ah, gotcha. But Verizon also has a similar thing. Verizon 5G at home, which I looked into, also not available in my area. My gosh. <laughs> So, and you're in Miami Lakes, of course, the very, very southwest corner right before um, Little Havana. Actually, Hialeah, same thing. Um, and you got 
no coverage whatsoever, yeah. and Comcast is always going down. But Greg has a good point. If and when one of those other things is available, then give them a run for their money yeah, and I, say, I'm canceling you with glee. I did put my name on the waiting list for the Verizon, so they'll notify me when it is available in my area, because it was the same thing. If I'm not a Verizon customer, it's $70 a month for up to gigabit speeds on 5G at home. Wow. You know, so I, uh, it's worth it. It's is there a wait- waiting list for T-Mobile as well? Not that I've seen, but there oh. might be. All right. Hey, be sure and visit intotomorrow.com. Sign up for our free tech newsletter.